Justice Slim says it's showtime. It is a sunny and bright August afternoon here in Atlanta, Georgia, and you are listening to the podcast of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald, an execu- ACS Executives production brought to you by Odds on Performance and Juggernaut Fitness. Uh, this podcast is born with the idea of having an informative but fun show about business, life, and health. Uh, we'll be talking to entrepreneurs all over the world and learn more about their experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. I am Kirby Smith, the Beard, and joining us from Houston, Texas, fresh off his family vacation, my aerodynamic-looking partner in crime, Mr. Scott Schaefer. Thanks, partner. Thanks, partner. It's great to be back in studio and, of course, bald. (laughs) As always, right? Uh, Absolutely. But, yeah, welcome back, Scott. Hope you and your family enjoyed yourselves in Destin, Florida. So, knowing you, how many pairs of sunglasses did you bring on the trip? Well... I'll answer that two ways. One, in terms of quantity, five pairs of sunglasses, um, much less than the prior years of ten. Um, and uh, the reason for that, my bearded friend, is at this stage in my life, I need to try to strike a nice balance between my style and what I can still pull off while not looking like a fly at the same time. <laughs> so basically, you're just doing it to make yourself look better, huh? I, I'm not sure sunglasses can be enough to pull that off. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's just get down to business right here. Joining us today, uh, all, all the way from Central Illinois, is the CEO of CSE Software, uh, which was formed in 1990, and Motion since 2009, Mr. Ken Flutterer. Welcome, Ken. How are you today? Good morning, guys. Wait, i got to go get a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> What's with the sunglasses and bald guys? Yeah, I guess I guess I have to ask a question before we get started. Okay. Uh, are those sunglasses gas station sunglasses, or are they like the real thing? So they're the real deal, and um, I think unlike my retro '90s style bearded partner, um, my sunglasses are always a safe bet. Okay, and my advice to anyone who's listening, and of course our guest today, Ken, is invest in a good pair of shades and never ditch them. And the reason for that is you're pretty much guaranteed that the style will come around every 10 years or so. So it's it's a good play for the long haul, Ken. Exactly. I I totally agree. And and you and I have a place to put them on our head to kind of keep from getting sunburned. Well, yeah, and, and of course the long game, something our, our bearded friend would have no idea about, um, it, it just is, you know, so hairy and so shameful. You know, you guys are making, making it sound like shades or the push-up bra for bald men, so let's move yeah. on to business. What, what, yeah, they, get, they get really oily. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, what, one last thing. It, you, you forgot to mention that uh, your family and uh, you just relocated to Atlanta, right, Chewy? That's, that's correct, yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Ken, did he end up in the suburbs of the Chin? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, that that was not a good one, Scott. So, well, Ken, let me, let's let get me... down. Let's get down to our guest here, because Ken's brought, he's coming all the way from Peoria, Illinois, and I want to hear a little bit more about his family. And uh, so, Ken, you recently married, correct? Yes. Yeah, a, a little over a year ago to. Um, to my the last to my last wife her name is Becky and uh, was I say last wife because there there will be no more okay um, and uh, she she brings uh, two stepchildren into the into the mix uh, Connor who's going to be 21 and and Ashley who's going to be 18 and you have two children then, of your own, correct? And then I have my two kids, uh, Nat and, and Vanessa. Nat and Chrissy are married, and they have two boys, Zach and Mason. And Vanessa is married to Aaron Price, and they have two boys, uh, Evan and Benny. So I have four grandboys, wow. um, five, six, seven, and eight. 
or maybe it'll be six, seven, eight, and nine now. It, it changes pretty quickly, but they're a lot of fun. We we have a we have a great time together. Well, welcome to the show, Ken. We, Thank you, know, you. Again, just sit back, relax, speak free, speak freely. Um, however, we do not allow any hair raising stories, as that might be a lot of wasted energy on my partner Scott. <laughs> I'm as bald as Scott. So. I know, I know. He, yeah, thank Scott, you. I, I, Scott brought in a ringer today, so <laughs> I'm outnumbered. I've been really outnumbered. excited. I've been really excited about being on your show, Curfee and, and Scott. So you're from, originally from Tremont, Illinois, right? Yes, Tremont. Okay, so tell us about your upbringing in the community, prepare, you know, how that prepared you for the real world. Real world. Okay, I can never say that. <laughs> well, um, of course, uh, the the first question is, is is a lengthy question. I could spend two hours, but I was yes, I was born and raised in Tremont. Um, it's a very uh, very small community, still still very small. I was raised very conservative, and um, on a farm, and so uh, my dad uh, my dad taught me a lot of the the conservative rules of, of life. He was always one that would never buy a new piece of equipment. And he always believed that, um, that if, if you can't fix your, your equipment, your farm equipment with a piece of bailing wire and a pair of pliers, it wasn't worth having. Right. So very conservative. Fantastic. Um, well that, you know, I, I came from a small town too, and uh, I remember playing Tremont in sports right. uh, as I grew up, a, a town very much small, just as small as Tremont. And, uh, uh, you know, I grew up on the farm as well. And so, uh, yeah, you, you learn a lot of good, uh, hard life lessons working on the farm. And you're right. Yes, you you do. do everything yourself. You don't have anybody else to do it for you. But <laughs> So sure. I, I'm glad something successful has come out of Tremont. So, Scott, where are you from? <laughs> well, actually, I didn't grow up on a farm. Um, however, I did, I did uh, grow up in the same community as Ken. Um, Tremont, Illinois. Go um, and and you're you're exactly right about one thing, Beard, and that is um, <laughs> the life lessons that you learned uh, through living in a small town and a farm, as well as competing against Tremont in sports. You know how to lose, um, <laughs> to remain humble, and uh, really to uh, just get the snot whooped out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. We'll have to go back to the old uh, tapes and take a look and see who won the last game. But so, anyway. <laughs> We have spoken before on how you started CSE, and you may mention you worked for several companies prior to that over a course of only like seven years. Um, prior to that, you did missionary work in Papua New Guinea and then Brazil, correct? Right, that's correct. So tell us how that experience shaped you as a leader and an entrepreneur. Well, um, I think I, I kind of already started off, started off by saying that I was raised a very conservative and um, so conservative, and, and I don't know... I don't know what God was thinking when he brought me along, but uh, I was I was a questioner during all those years during that. I call it my first chapter of my life. I questioned why, why we did things, why we didn't do things, why we couldn't do things better. And so that kind of that that kind of segued into the second chapter of my life, which which was the missionary work, leaving leaving the town of Tremont. And um, during the time of the Vietnam War, I was, um, you know, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about that, but I was not called to serve by the draft or, mm -hmm. or by the lottery. And so I really felt that I needed, I needed to grow up and I needed to get out, get out of Tremont. And I just wasn't, it, it wasn't a good thing for me to look that I was just going to spend my life in that to me what looked looked like it just wasn't it wasn't interesting to me i i want to be very careful not to put it down because it was right. a extraordinary extraordinary upbringing but it it wasn't for me right so um all of my life i have believed that uh, god has had a hand in my life and the divine divine inter intervention and divine leading and so when i was 20 I went to Papua New Guinea as a single missionary. Um, I had just graduated as a diesel mechanic from ICC. And so I went over there and ran a sawmill up in the, up in the mountains of the Southern Highland. 
I worked with uh, uh, three, uh, sometimes four other missionary families. I kept, I kept uh, Land Rovers running and tires fixed because the roads were really? the rocks and the roads were like ten inches in diameter. So you always had flat tires. So you were doing some real grunt work, huh? I did the grunt work, Man. yeah, for about for about a year and a half, and then I came back and in '73 got married, and um, my wife and I then in '74 went to Brazil to southern Brazil, uh, which is kind of like uh, maybe it's rolling, kind of like Ohio, uh, rolling rolling terrain, um, lots of beans, lots of Germans around around Ger displaced Germans from World War II. And uh, we ran a children's home there for 10 years. Wow, that's fantastic. So, Ken, you started CSE Software, uh, I believe you said, in 1990. Can you share with our listen listeners um, how you have changed since then? And have you always been the captain of the CSE ship? Well, um, yeah, co-captain, I'd have to say. So so yeah, uh, when I started when I started the company in 1990, which um, which was after we we got back from Brazil in 1984, and uh, for, so during the six years between 84 and 1990, um, I really struggled. I tried to go to work for four or five different entrepreneurs during a very low economic time of our in our country. And I found it very, very difficult to to work for other people. And I think my old thing that I was born with, that asking why and and going up to these old old school entrepreneurs and saying, "Hey, why don't you do it this way?" It 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 really wasn't well accepted. Right. So so during those six years before 1990, I I was. I was v probably the most frustrating time of my life because I knew that I knew that I could do something. I knew that um, I wanted to do something with my life to to maybe leave a legacy or to change people's lives, to help people in their lives. And so I, during those those six years, I I formulated um, three philosophies that still resonate. Uh, in in at CSE today, and that's kind of the the basis of why I started CSE. Uh, the the first one was um, they are people too, and that means my employees. During during in, in a lot of businesses today, employees are treated like like um, second class citizen citizens. They're treated like they're a dime a dozen, and I was treated that way by several. And during those that time and I hated it because I know I think we all we all put our pants on the same in the morning. We all are we all are basically the same. We just have different we have different um, different strengths and different things, different roles that we can do in our life. Ken, the second one. The uh, second before you one, jump on to the second yeah, one, Dan, go, I, go I, ahead, really, I really want to hone in on this because I think this is really a great point to really hit home. When we sit here and you know, as you know, we train you know companies and CEOs and co and we coach them. Um, and one of the biggest issues that I always see is the culture, and right. and your philosophy on that is basically. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is you you basically what you're saying is you know you're working for your employees rather than the other way around. You're Excellent. bringing putting exactly. smart people around you. Uh, I mean you hear that a lot, uh, but you know that '80s mentality of doing business, uh, running it like a dictatorship is not really a, a good business model anymore. It's not even a business model. It's, it's uh, not a good. No, I, I call it a high price, you know, or uh, not a high price, but a uh, glorified sales force, not really a business. And, uh, exactly. and, uh, and for you to recognize, is that always been that way? I mean, has it been that way since the beginning? Probably, yes, yes, that, that's, And that's fantastic. I mean, that for you to recognize that, that early on, I mean, what, since 1990, that's huge. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I, I guess I look at it as, as kind of a no-brainer. It seems like everybody that starts business should, should realize and recognize 
that the people you have working for you are the people that are that are making your business successful or or not you know the your the success of your business comes comes through your people and yeah you're right a lot of people say my people are my asset but they really they really really are and that that leads right into my second philosophy which is um be humble a great boss can be and and that was that's me i have to be humble i can't go in there like i have all the answers like i know better than anybody else and everybody has to bow down to me i think i find myself bowing down to my employees more than they bow down to me and i don't mean that in a in a critical way or i don't mean that dumbly i just mean that i highly respect every every employee that works for me yeah. and and the, and the third one is i surround myself with people who are smarter than me because i know i'm not the smartest i'm not academic i could barely make it through high school and uh so i'm not book smart but i surround myself with people who are smarter and better than me and believe me that is a formula for success so before i get to my next question Basically, your formula for success as an entrepreneur, if I get this right, is one people, two people, three people. I mean, you really—I <laughs> mean, you really hit home on that. I mean, it, 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 I mean, we worded it a different way, but um, it, that's fantastic, and that's just—you know—I'm uh, blown away by that. So, again, kudos to you. So, talk to me about your fears, challenges, and failures over the past 28 years. Um, do any stick out? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, Kerfee, my fears are of drowning, of fire, <laughs> and of falling. Okay. My biggest challenge or fear in business is to figure out how not to atrophy, how not to become complacent, to always, to always be moving forward, to always be thinking out in the future. My, my dad used to say um, in life there is no such thing as as neutral you're either in drive or you're in reverse and so one thing that we that we've tried that we do in our business is we have people all the time thinking okay we're doing this today and this is fantastic but what's coming tomorrow right and and so and so the fear the fear of Slipping into reverse is is that's probably my biggest fear in business for for our business. I mean, failing. If if you use the word failure, failure defaults you to negative. But if you but if you take maybe a mistake or what most people would call failure, and turn that into positive and turn that into something that that you can that you can learn from that you can. Um, that you can grow with and that you can you can change, um, then failure becomes success. Right. So you're really not fearful of failure. You're more feel, uh, fearful of atrophy. And I think a lot of big companies yes. uh, we've seen this past year um, have fallen to the wayside because of atrophy. And, and I was on uh, Facebook the other night. And there was a conversation. Someone said, boycott these, you know, check out, you know, automatic checkout, you know, uh, spots inside the grocery stores. And I said, the reality is, people, boycotting technology is n never works. It never no. works. We're never going backwards. So the idea or the forethought is to re-educate yourself, learn it, understand it, <laughs> exactly. and, move, and move forward. Because exactly. it, we're, not, we're not going backwards, and things are moving faster than ever. I mean, didn't they say... Boycott, tele, boycott telephones, boycott uh, automobiles, boycott trains back in the day. Oh, yeah. Sure. Everybody, that it changes hard. Automation is coming and more, um, you know, we just have, we, you're correct. We have to, we have to move forward with it. You remember Apollo, was it Apollo 13 that had all that trouble up mm -hmm. in space? Their, their motto was failure is not an option. They figured it out. Correct. So, Ken, what was the defining turning point with CSE? I mean, when you really, truly knew you had something. Well, you know, that's a great question because I guess in my mind, um, I always knew I had something. 
so I don't know if there was so much a turning point as as there was a realization that as I surrounded myself with smart people, with good people, and as we as we move forward, um, I guess the realization of, of that was that we 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 needed to kind of control it. We needed to focus. We need to focus on what we were doing. And when we when we focused on at that point in 1993, when we focused on custom software development, and and that's that was all we did. That was our that was our focal point, our core business. That's when we took off. So were you were you in a place at that time? Um, I guess he, hearing about the custom software. So did you struggle, or were you successful at aligning what you consider to be that priority, and then gaining that those people's commitments that were surrounding you? Like, what does that look like? Like, I'm a big believer in aligning. Uh, priorities with commitments and as a CEO of course or at that time you know the founder of this this great idea and then taking that idea and putting it into action when you bring those people into the mix how can, can you explain to our listeners or kind of give us a visual of what that looked like like getting the commitments from these people that aligned with the priorities of the custom software okay so so when I started the company in 1990 um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I just knew that I wanted to do something. And um, I guess, I don't know if this is a, an admittance to a fault or whatever, but um, I, I am ADHD, which I hate that term, but I call it AAFM, acute attention, fast moving. Um, but I started the business in 1990 as a... <laughs> Yeah, we you can go back to that if you want, Kerr. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I just laughed. Uh, Scott's ADHD. I, I, Aren't you ADHD, Scott? No, I'm whatever uh, acronym Ken just said. <laughs> AAFM. I'm I'm AAFM, and I don't mean the stations. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, I started off as a training center, and then I started training people in computer how to operate computers. In DOS, of course, and we had XT machines way back in the day. And I started training people, and then I realized then people were coming to me and saying, computers are awesome. We re we'd really like to buy one. Where do we go? And so I started sending them to places that sold computers in the day, and I realized that why do I thought, well, why don't I start selling computers? So I started selling computers and then printers, and then I started repairing printers, and then I, I sold uh, solder uh, equipment uh, desks so that people had something to put their computers on. And I quickly, quickly got out of focus, quickly got out of focus. Along with, along with all that stuff I was doing, I had picked up a one, one uh, application at OSF at St. Francis Medical Center. And I was programming a little program, a little program for actually for their college of nursing and that uh, that was I found my first love and that was developing database d database type applications and we uh, we started taking up what we were doing all this other stuff and I was I was bringing money in the front door through uh, custom software development and I was shipping it out the back door uh, because I was I had to I had to outprice Best Buy and all these mm -hmm. other places, and so I was losing money. I was losing more than more than I was bringing in. That's when I that's when I put two of my employees, Laura Aaron and Renee Gorell, in as my partners, and we sat down and we decided focus. We have to focus on what we do best, and so we got rid of 80% of the stuff we were doing, and we kept 20. I'm a big right. believer in 80-20. And we focused on that, and we, we sat down. Every time I came in with a new idea of something I wanted to do, 
we sat down and analyzed it. And that was the hardest thing in the world for me because I, I hate somebody uh, throwing a bucket of water is what I thought about it on my vision. I have a vision I want to do somebody and some something and somebody next to me says, how much does it cost? Right. Now, I don't want to, I don't care how much it costs, but I, but it, it was a, it was another one of those acts of God in our lives that Laura, Renee, and I, and we call it now KLR, Ken, Laura, and Renee, uh, we are a, we're, we're an unbeatable team because we have some pretty amazing balance in our, in our little leadership team. Well, that and that's great that you recognize that. And a lot of entrepreneurs or start a business, they, they refuse. They they put themselves in a corner and say, "I can do this myself. I don't need anybody else's help." Um, you know, I don't want to take you know, you know, any type of investment. I, I'm not giving up my you know ownership share. Blah blah blah. And that's just selfish. Uh, and again, you've touched yep. on it before. Yep. Uh, bringing smart people in and uh, helping you, you know, fill the gaps uh, that you may have or your weaknesses instead of trying to prove on those weaknesses. Correct. Um, but you just meant, you mentioned a balance, correct? And balance is a huge yep. thing. So let's talk about that for a moment. You know, from talking with you before, um, the balance, not with just individuals, but, and you touched on it just a little bit, um, there's also, from what I understand, there's a guiding force in your life that many people in the business world do not come out and speak about too often. You do, and you don't apologize for it. So tell us what that is for you and how balance and that guiding force to you play off each other. Well, I, I I tell you, I think that I think that balance is something that um, very few people really have in their life, and I I just have to tell a, a real quick a real quick little uh, story. When I was in Brazil, my my brother and his wife came to visit us, and Tom is is um, he's a preacher and he's a teacher, probably more of a teacher than he is a preacher, but he was speaking to to our church down down in Brazil, and I was translating for him. And uh, all of a sudden, he started on this little story. He says, "You know, when we were younger, my my little brother Ken, which was me, and I'm I'm translating this." And he <laughs> says, "He said, you know, we were on the farm, and Ken was always a little scrawny kid. I was four years younger, and I was always a little scrawny kid. And Dad and Tom was out helping Dad." Uh, feed the pigs, and so Tom quickly learned that if he had his bucket of corn in one hand and he could steal the bucket of corn that I was dragging behind me uh, from me, that even though he had two buckets of corn, he he could carry it much easier than you can carry one bag, one bucket, because it's not bagging banging against your legs. It's it, you have balance, right. and and so and so you can carry. Twice as much easier than you can carry uh, ha one bucket, and you know that that kind of is a is is something that he went on to say during that little talk, talk, and and it really affected my life till to till today, and that is we should never go fanatical in any direction. We should always have balance in in our beliefs, in the things that we do. In business, you know, you go into business, a lot of people go into business and they just, they throw everything into that and they lose their family, they lose their health, they lose mm -hmm. their friends. And maybe they're successful, maybe they're not. But but if we don't have that balance uh, in our lives, and, and you know, I, I we're probably not going to want to get political here, but that's what's wrong with our country today is people are going way crazy there's no balance we're we're not bipartisan anymore we're partisan and right. if we're if we aren't bipartisan in our lives in our lives in our personal lives and everything that we have we are going to fail now and everybody that knows you and, and i believe our <laughs> listeners um up to this point now also know that you live your life with a level of passion where you squeeze every ounce of that juice of passion and energy out and you run your business the exact same way yes. um, and you just spoke about balance so let's talk about three other parts 
um, of what we believe your formula to be through you know prior conversations, and that is vision, personality, and effort. How have these three things remained constant for you, or how have they evolved um, over time and, and through some of the examples you've cited today um, to remain your principal foundation? And before you answer, my bald brother, um, and, and I'm, a belie- I'm a believer as well, um, and, and you've mentioned uh, on more than you know one occasion today um, your foundation and your belief in, in Christ. And again, I'm a, I'm a fellow believer. Um, if need be, and, and I look at some of these things and listen to you speak, you know they all align directly with Scripture um, as well. But I, I really would like to know how, how you've been able to keep it constant, and then also tie it back and align it with your 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 partners and and, and coworkers, not employees, but uh, people. Wow, that's a long that's question. A, that is a, that was a long long question. For first of all, I have another little story. So uh, our company throws a a Christmas party every year here in Peoria. And Not a holiday party, gets, a Christmas party. Of course it's a Christmas party. <laughs> well, it's during the holidays, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so we have a Christmas party. We have had up to 400, 500 people come to this party. And um, because we believe in... We believe in rewarding, awarding, and rewarding our employees. It's for our employees, it's for their families, and it's for our customers. So we're at one of these in a band called UGT was playing, uh, United Grove Theory. And a friend of mine was playing bass, um, Roland Millington. I don't know, do you know him, Curfee? No, I do not. Okay, so Roland was playing bass, and he was watching me, unbeknownst to me, watching me during this Christmas party. And he saw me going around and talking to people. Uh, He saw, I I had talked to him before about why we have this Christmas party and there's vision in the Christmas party. It's, it, it, it has a motive. It's to bring people together. It's to show, it's to show spouses and uh, parents that, that we appreciate them also for bringing for letting us have their their spouse or their their child and so roland watched this and the next day he emailed me and he said i have i i i saw something in your life that i'd i'd like to share with you and i said okay (laughs) he says well first of all you're a pretty complex person he said if i were to make a portrait of you i i couldn't do it but I can make, but I'd like to make a quartrate of you. And I'm going, a quartrate? What, what, you know, what's that? And he said, well, vision. He says, you have vision. You have to have vision to have a business. You have to have vision to, to look forward, to, to be in drive, you know, to have your vehicle in drive and not in reverse. And he said, I see, I saw effort. I saw you applying effort going around and talking to everybody and making everybody feel feel like they were welcome at, at your party and he said oh it takes effort it takes effort to to you have to you have to turn that vision into into effort and he said and, and then you also have personality you go around and he said i could see you'd went up to people that you probably had never met and they were your best friend and so he says you have this you have this personality you have vision you have effort and then he goes but you know what else I saw and I go no what else did you see because <laughs> I was kind of in, I was kind of excited by this time he said um, I saw a glass of wine a glass of merlot in your left hand all night long and you balanced that wine you balanced your your the whole evening with a little bit of enjoyment and and uh, enjoyment for yourself, and he, he said so. So I got the thing. He actually, he actually made a portrait of me. I could send that to you and show yeah, you the four see, pictures. Yeah. But what's that? I would love to see that. And and so balance. You have to have balance in your vision. That's what Laura and Renee bring to me. Laura, my two partners, bring to me. They bring balance because I'll go in and I could change the direction of this company 47 times a week, and but they help bring they help bring 
They help bring balance to my vision. Uh, you know, we have some employees that I we actually have to go up to them and say, do not come back to work for four days. <laughs> because they they work 24-7. I, I don't think they ever stop. And so we have to bring balance into their effort. We have to have balance in our effort. And personality... You know, I don't know. A, I don't know an enemy. I don't. I don't know some. Everybody I know is my best friend within five minutes. And you know what? If you don't have balance in that, uh, if you don't have somebody helping you balance, uh, my wife. My wife uh, is great at that. She has a better, a better insight into some people than I do. And and I can go. And, and Lauren Renee are the same. In, are the same in business. If, if you have too much, if you if you overdo your personality, and you don't have balance in personality and balance in that, um, you know you're going to get out of balance and and it's going to be like a car with one tire that that is out out around and it's going to wobble all the way down the down the street. Well, Kent, as your company's grown and you've touched on this a little bit, and I want to get get back to this too. Uh, you discuss the ability and challenges of creating a vision and getting your staff to implement it. I know you have a theory on millennials, and you just made mention that you know you have employees, and I and then you know looking at your picture, most of your employees are pretty young, uh, so I, I'm assuming a lot of them are millennials. Um, what is your theory on millennials? Tell me your thoughts and feelings about them. Well, you know, it's 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 really interesting. Who who would have thought that back in 1990 when I started the business, it was baby boomers. And in the last almost 30 years, 20, 28, going on 29 years, um, we've gone through all kinds of generations. Uh, millennials are are difficult. They're they're a product of us, which um, which some of don't some of us don't want to don't want to admit. Right. Actually, they are they're my generation, the hippie generation with electronic gadgets we didn't have the electronics that they have but but so they're 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 they have a completely different and i would not even presume to understand uh to understand how they why they are who they are but i can tell you this if you find if you find if you let them go um they don't they don't uh punch time clocks in the morning in, in the morning and in, in the evening they like their flex time. They like to come to work and 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 um, during during their lunch hour they they play I, they're playing internet games. I don't even know what they are, but it sounds like a it sounds like a war zone in there between the eleven thirty and one o'clock. And they're all they they're you know they're doing all of that stuff. But if you find if you find the the happy medium between the discipline of of working. And allowing them to be who they are, they are. This is the most brilliant that that we've been through. The most the most brilliant generation. I'm not putting other generations down, but these kids are brilliant. They sit down and they. If I had to program, if I had to uh, code uh, the way they code today, I I wouldn't even. We'd be out of business. Yeah. So my philosophy on the millennials is they're an amazing group of people, and I really can't wait for um, what's the generation that's coming after them. My grandkids, Gen Z, they're they're gonna they're gonna make the millennials look like old fuddy duddies. Oh, I I, I agree. I, I'm blown away uh, with these individuals, and you know I, I would probably say about five years ago, what I kind of fell into that. Oh, millennials. And then when I stepped back and tried to just really look at them and analyze them, I said, wow, these people are amazing. Quit looking at an eight to five, you know, punch, you know, having the clock in, clock out, like you said, and let them go, you know. Yep. Give and them a project and right. put them in a group or what have you and let them go and run with it. And you will be amazed. Amazed. You got the, but you got to let them go. So I just want to add real quick here. Uh, um, Cause you mentioned, how do we get people to follow our vision? Well, it goes back to their people too. It goes back to being humble because 
you know, if you have any problem in your business at all, um, your employees know the know the solution to that problem. And so we started, um, I, I kind of, by accident, um, started a, a lunch that I have almost every week. It's probably three times a month. Uh, four or five people in my office, we order in La Gondola or Avanti's or pizza or something. And I sit around and we call that We Speak. And I just allow them to tell me whatever they whatever they want to say. And let me tell you, some of those meetings get heated. But they can sit with the CEO of the company, the founder of the company, and say what they perceive is wrong. And not only what they perceive is wrong, but what they think that they could we could do to fix it. And we listen to them. We, the, and you we don't, let them speak. Exactly. And, and then you don't hold them accountable for what they say. Oh, I, I mean, oh that, absolutely not. I, you, that's fantastic. So, Ken, knowing, knowing better than anyone the direction um, you are taking this company or these companies, um, what advice can you give those who are entering the workplace? Entering the workplace or, or, or starting a business? So let's let's start with people, um, the people that you surround yourself with, um, and let's differentiate for a moment. So let's look at it as as anyone coming or going into the workforce, not as an entrepreneur, but actually going to work for someone else. What advice can you give them? And then we'll flip it around. Yeah, I want to hear about the you know entrepreneur definitely too. You know, it's been so long since I've gone into the workplace to. So, so I'm just going to have to say I don't I don't think I can really answer it from that perspective, but I can give you a perspective of when when we look at when we look at people we look for personality, vision, and effort. So I when we go ahead, I was just going to say, um, and I shouldn't have cut you off, so my apologies, Ken, but. Um, I was leading this without you breaching any confidentiality or, or trust with your folks. Um, I was looking at more of a communication. Like you, you just shared those meetings that you have, and that's very unique, um, not only to conduct them, but to allow people to have that kind of a voice and then not hold them accountable, as you've both mentioned. So one thing that I can speak openly and freely about um, regarding people entering the workforce and in certain entities that, that – that I've started and run is the the lack of communication skills or the inability to communicate. And so I was trying to open that door up a little bit, if that helps kind of nudge you in that direction. And then I'll let Kerfee go ahead and, and uh, recouch, if you will, the question regarding the same question regarding being an entrepreneur. Okay. So, so we do look for people that communicate, that can communicate, that, uh, that, can look you in the eye and talk to you uh, respectfully. You know, if, if, if I were to give any advice to somebody that's gone to work today, would probably be a millennial, I would say, uh, if you're not five minutes early to work, you're late. Make sure you're there on time. And if you're not going to be there, give ample notice to you. I mean, these are basic soft skills that mm-hmm. – that there it's just it's basic and and another thing that that I've done ever since ever since the beginning of the time and 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 I actually I hate the title but we call it meet the president so in the first day you come to work for CSE or Simformotion our 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 simulator branch of our business um, uh, I sit down for an hour with new employees and I just I won't give any names or anything, although people at CSE, if they're listening, probably know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I just had one. I just had one with a new hire that hired into to our help desk department. And I will tell you, I believe this kid is going to be a leader someday. He walked in with confidence. He wa- he shook my hand and and didn't didn't squeeze it too hard, but but was firm and he was just he would just he just had that resonance about him and you know you pick that stuff up you pick that stuff up at the beginning of somebody's work day work career part of their career 
and you build on that, um, and and that's where the success of your business comes from. Absolutely. So so Ken, you were gonna you were gonna touch base on entrepreneurs, someone who wanted to enter the um, you know the world of entrepreneurship. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, um, you you know, you you've relayed that quite often. Uh, through today's conversation. So what advice would you give to someone who, you know, looking to start their own business? I guess, I, I, I guess if you want to start your own business, you should do it. You should, Great you answer. should jump in. Don't, don't think, I mean, I know today you have to have your business plan and you blah, 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 and you got to, you know, but don't be afraid to take a risk. Right. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to get in and and try and try it and be willing to a year after you start that business to realize it's it's going to look completely different than it looked like the day you started it. Right. Ladies and gentlemen and beard, Ken has just coined a new phrase if you weren't paying attention. <laughs> the new phrase is Nike it. N I K E it. Nike it. Everything he just said, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. That's right. Nike well, it. You, you bring it. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And we could sit there and go on talking on it for hours. Um, but I think, you know, like the business world and the world itself is changing. Um, higher education isn't what it used to be. Um, you know, you can go out on the internet and learn anything at the snap of, of your fingers. And if you're young and you have an idea and you want to start a business, do it. Do not get caught up into I got to go to college and then I got to find someone, get married, buy a house, buy a car, because it becomes that much harder to do it. And believe me, I know um, when you're when you're trying to do it in your 40s or in your late 30s. If you're young. You know, eat dirt, you know, buy, you know, get a small little apartment and bust your butt and, uh, yep. you know, it'll pay off for you in the end. So, yep. Ken, you have been an amazing guest today. Is there <sighs> anything you would like to plug? I, I know you're very involved in the Peoria, Illinois area and a lot of great causes such as uh, the Mayor's Summer Youth Program, correct? Um, Shoot for the yep. Cure. Uh, anything later you'd like to talk about? Well, about a year ago. Okay, so everything kind of goes back to your roots we don't live in the past but we are we're formed by our past and kind of what you just said about education i actually have a two-year associate's degree in in diesel mechanics from icc okay and that's my degree and i'm i'm proud of it uh so also during during my missionary years, we we spent ten years in in a mission home, in a, in a, in a children's home. I'm sorry. And about a year ago, the uh, children's home of Central Illinois contacted me and wondered if I would be interested in being on their board of trustees. And I want to tell you, if 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 I were if I were to plug an organization in in Peoria today, it would be that. And, Children or children's homes, uh, children who are who are going through high high risk, going through trouble, don't have don't have the family that I had when I was when I was growing up. You know that touches my heart, and and to be able to be on the board and to be a, a little bit involved with with 1,700 children in wow, the area. That's a lot. Uh, it's it's very very it, it's very very heartwarming and it's very um, it's very fulfilling to be a part of, to be able to say that I'm a part of that. So well, yeah, I would for, plug, for I would plug the children's home. Fantastic. Well, Ken, again, you've been an amazing guest. As we ask all our guests today and going forward, there's one last question. Um, and this question comes from, you know, obviously the features of my friend, uh, Mr. Schaefer, as known as the bald, and me, the beard. Um, I believe there's been a conspiracy uh, somewhere down through the course of history that beards became unprofessional in the workplace, and I just, uh, I, I'm all about bringing them back. Uh, however, my aerodynamic friend uh, disagrees. So we are going to ask all our guests, and we're going to ask you this. 
um, at the end of every show, and I kind of have a feeling of where this one is going to go. Um, <laughs> so what do you prefer, Ken, beard or bald? Well, I would have to say, uh, could I phone a friend? <laughs> uh, I'll be actually, your friend. <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, I had sort of a head of hair, and when I hit 50, my daughter brought me a Walls clipper, and she cut it all off. <laughs> and I tell you what, I didn't leave the house for three days, but I would have to say that's one of the best things that ever happened to me um, because I can get dressed a lot faster. My morning ritual is a lot faster in the morning, and I I love it. So I, I'm, I'm sorry, Kerf, but i got to go bald. I, I, now, I you could be bald and still have a beard, you know. That's I, true. I know, right? Yeah. They make everybody look better. Bald it is. <laughs> bald it is. So, hey. Bald score, it is. You heard it first. So the score is 1-1. <laughs> one, one. Our, our guest last week, uh, Dr. Babro uh, Goodrich, said she liked beard. So we're 1-1, we're one one, Scott. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, next, year I'm gonna have to, next week I'm going to have to try to bring in a ringer. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank uh, you very much, Ken, for well, joining thank us you today. Guys. Scott, you want to add anything as we wrap this up? No, I just uh, I really appreciate your time, Ken, and I know the listeners do as well. Um, I'd like to cordially invite you to come back. We'll get some feedback, sure. um, gauge some of the participation and some of the advice that you've uh, you've thrown out there. You've been amazing, and uh, God bless you and your family and your business. Beard, same to you, and uh, you until too, next time. Yeah, Thanks. hey, thank you guys very much, uh, and uh, everybody have a successful day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I am humbled by being on here. This is great. Thanks. Thank you, Ken. Hey, hashtag biz with beard and bald fans. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was brought to you by ACS Executives. Let me ask you something. As an entrepreneur or business owner, are you tired of struggling with running your business? Do you feel you can drive more revenue, improve your profits, and run more efficiently if you had a little help? Well, you are not alone, and there is a solution for you. Like many small businesses, as the owner, you wear a lot of hats. And why wouldn't you? You started this thing, so you're very careful and particular about it. Well, at ACX Executives, we do a deep dive into your business to help your business grow revenues, improve profits, acquire capital, and run more efficiently. We just don't point out problems. We help you resolve them through our family of companies and the solutions they provide. We share some of the best practices and processes and coach you and your team through them. Our suite of quality products and services will help you get there quickly and smoothly. That's how we ensure your success. So visit us at acsexec.com or call us at 1-800-495-6505 and schedule a free 30-minute consulting assessment. Have a successful day and we hope you enjoy today's episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. <laughs>